biggest thing that we wanted to talk about on the radio this week, and but couldn't, mm-hmm. just couldn't. Um, the biggest thing that I kept seeing was that uh, the popular DJ Flume. Now, hang on. Do you know Flume? I know of Flume, yeah. But uh, don't listen to his music all the time. But yeah, just popular DJ. Right. I had no idea. I was like, Flume, great. Log ride. Thing. And he was like, no, no, it's popular DJ. Yeah. Anyways, he was at uh, Burning Man last weekend and uh, saw a sign that was like, does Flume even eat ass? And uh, so brought who we assume hasn't been totally confirmed, but his girlfriend mm-hmm. up on stage and like ate her asshole out for a bit. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Now, this is interesting because I feel like Burning Man is one of those places where you, phones, they're not really accepted. Like, you're not supposed to be taking photos. This is where, like, people can come and kind of get away from, like, regular society and do right. their own thing, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Doesn't it kind of create that, that community so. where they're supported and that sort of stuff? But everyone's um, doing everything for the gram these days. I know, right? So was it for Instagram? I don't really know. Um, as long as it was a consensual act. She shared the video on Instagram. Yeah, so it was consensual, right? Uh, yes. Um, so that's that's where it's like, okay, is it a big deal? Do people really care? I think once it got to the public is when it like became a real problem. I don't think anyone at Burning Man was like, ah. Oh, and this is it. Like, I think that is becoming very popular. And like that's why, you know, people, like, no, to some people it's no big deal. To some people it's like the craziest thing in the world. Right, right. Up on stage. But... You know, we figured we ought to maybe talk to somebody who knows something actually about this. Yes. Let's bring in a professional here. So, joining us right now is Jennifer Gibson, who is the Education Coordinator for Island Sexual Health. Hi. To shed a little light on this subject. Okay. And, um... Does it mean does that news make it into Island Sexual Health? Like, oh boy, we got a famous DJ eating out an ass on stage at <laughs> Burning Man. Oh boy, we're gonna get a lot of questions about this now. Does that happen? It does. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, what's going on in pop culture totally influences um, what people want to know about, right? Which yeah. is awesome because it's a, an opportunity to normalize things yes. and an opportunity to take it away from like the sensationalized um, experience of this happening on stage, right? Like, the reality is this is happening in lots of places around Victoria, right? Well, and this is what <laughs> struck me about it is that, like, for the last, oh, I don't know, bunch of years, it, yeah, it has become more normalized, whether through my social media or through friends. Yeah. I've, you know, come to really realize that, like, number one, real men eat ass. That's a t-shirt. That's yeah. a popular yeah, t-shirt. Sure. Yeah, that's what? A, oh, yeah, it's very yeah. popular. Oh, okay. um, no, and this, it is now a thing that I think, especially in the millennial culture, is yeah. happening quite a bit and is becoming quite normalized. Right. So yeah. that's why I wanted to invite you here, Jennifer, yeah. is like, you can tell us, number one, very normal, right? Yeah, totally. You know, I mean, I think the thing when we talk about sexuality, um, is there such a thing as normal? It's all relative, right? right? Like, isn't normal? Is Don't they say normal is like a setting on your washing machine? Like, if you're lucky? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even think they have settings like that anymore um, in 2019. But, I mean, I think what it's all relative. It's all subjective. And I think what's happened... Um, you know, historically is we've set a very narrow parameter of what is normal and what isn't. And a lot of people's desires, a lot of people's identities, a lot of people's, um, you know, just uh, validation, it's um, sat outside of that. And so 
it's actually limited their ability to communicate. It's a, they limited their ability to be healthy and to feel validated in what turns them on. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about, and I it was I felt very weird to you even yesterday, but the real term is analingus. Yeah, So I yeah. have to call, and uh, it's the first time I've ever said it into a phone receiver yes, before. Yes, nice. But there it is. Um, so uh, what can you tell us about it? And, you know, I called, I think... It was really great that you brought forward like the like let's make this a normal thing and yeah. let's have a conversation for sure. My the thing the angle I was coming at it what with uh, or by was like is there a way to do it safely? I know it's out yes. there. I know everyone's doing it. Yeah, is yeah. there are there things that we should think about when we think about yeah. safe sex? Yeah. You know with penetrative vagina yeah. sex. Yeah. Um should we be thinking similar things with anal and stuff? Yeah, well we definitely want to think about. So obviously we're not thinking about like sperm and egg. We're not worried about like right. unintentional pregnancy. Um but we're thinking about like things like sexually transmitted infections that yeah. can be passed. And if you think about the anal area, one of the reasons that people are super into it is because there's a lot of um nerve endings. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people stimulation, whether that's like with the mouth or whether it's with toys, that kind of thing, um it, it's really stimulating. It feels amazing to them. Um but you need to think about that's an exit of our body like from our body that takes away the stuff we don't need in our systems right waste and there's bacteria in that waste so we need to be really aware of that um not only just from the sexually transmitted infection perspective so like things like hepatitis a hepatitis b um herpes hpv but also like even just things that like you think about like fecal matter leaving the body right using the the medical terms um things like e coli those kinds of things so yes we want to make sure that we are um ideally cleaning the area on the outside um we want to use like barriers so like an oral dam sometimes people call them dental dams but sometimes people are like you know dental and sex don't really go together if they especially <laughs> if they have phobia of dentists right sure. so we call them oral dams so which is just like a flat piece of latex i brought you one i brought you a bunch actually um that latex or non-latex if someone has an allergy and you just cover the area you want to put your mouth so any of the anal genital area you can cover by it so this one's grape it's purple um has a scent like uh like grape you can smell it if you want See what it smells like? Um, And you basically, what you want to do is put some lube over the area you want to put your mouth. You put that over top and you put your mouth on top of that rather than directly on the like um, anal area. And that's going to be a barrier for any kind of fluid or like bacteria, virus, that kind of thing. Um, You could also like you have to usually buy them at sex shops or like at our clinic, but you can take a typical condom and um, roll it out tear it up the side, fold it open. You've mm-hmm. got that. You could use non-microwavable saran wrap, right? Mm-hmm. You can do all kinds of fun things with that, right? <laughs> and you, you're not limited in the size that you need, right, or you want. Um, so, and then lubrication is really important. Yeah. Um, especially, like, if we're talking about, like, um, analingus or rimming is yeah. kind of like the the slang or everyday term, um, that's on the outside. But if anything's going into um, the anal area, the rectal area, um, it doesn't naturally lubricate. It's just not one of its functions. And so we want to make sure we're, if we're putting anything into there, we want to lubricate. But even lubrication on the outside, if we think about a fluid barrier, it's not a replacement for, like, an oral dam, but it's going to help as well like be a protective barrier so and it's going to feel better right? right that's the good news now you want to use like a water-based lube um you can use there's um silicone based lube there's oil-based lube but you would never use oil with latex they are not friends okay. they don't like each other okay. and in fact you might have like in a high school sex ed class like seen the inflated condom and then oil put on a hand and like within about 30 seconds the condom would like break Whoa. so you want to use like you know water-based silicone based um 
But lube, here's the thing with lube, is that people should try it on the outside of their body before they put it in an entrance to their body. So, like, inside of the wrist, wait a couple seconds on all partners, okay, good. Then try it on the inside of the lip of your mouth. If you don't have a reaction there, it's okay to then put it in the mucous membrane in the genital area. If you have a reaction in the inside of your lip or your wrist, it's going to be probably a hundred times worse in that area. And so like the stinging, the like burning, probably not what you're looking for, right? right? That I wish I would have known when I was younger. <laughs> yes, right? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep the Vicks away from those parts of the body. <laughs> um, yeah, so we want to make sure that we're um, using that. Um, we also want to make sure any barrier only gets used once and we do not move it to another area of the body. So we don't want to go, oh, like I'm going to put my mouth, you know, I'm going to do a little rimming and then I'm going to move it to if this person has like a vulva, I'm going to move it forward to the vulva um, and the clit. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to throw that out and start again. Right. So yeah, super important. Um, and then to, like, you know, testing, we need to be tested for infections, like, you know, regularly when, so for different people, that's going to look like three, six, like three months, six months, every year. Some, you know, people say before every partner, but some people have lots of partners, right? Are you going to show up to the sexual health clinic every Thursday, right? Before, yeah. before it's, it's on? Probably not. Yeah. So then maybe like every three months for that. Or if you had symptoms, if something changed in your body, you obviously want to come before that. But a lot of infections are symptomless. And yeah. that's something that we've been educated um, wrongly. We've been totally miseducated. And I don't know if either of you had the experience where you had um, education where they showed giant pictures of infections. <laughs> I don't know. Like, no, yeah, dream. right. Like, this is her pace. If you have sex, it's like mean girls, right? right. If you have sex, you're going to get chlamydia and die. Yeah, right. no. Um, and so people have been educated to think that they would know if something wasn't as healthy as it needed to be. Absolutely not. So that, you know, the routine checking, just want to make sure you're all healthy, so it's pleasurable. Totally. I was going to say, when is um, 90s night at Lucky's Bar? Because that's like an influx that could be, Yeah, that could be one around. of the... Yeah. I cut the DJ. He's <laughs> <laughs> coming out to do a talk. Yeah, right. It'd be awesome. Um, okay. Uh, well, I, and I was curious, too. Like, are there... Because have you seen types of infections that are um, specific to um, eating ass? Or is it like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, really? Or is it kind of like the, the ones we already know about that just go to that area when you start doing Well, that? if you think about like the mouth and the anal area, um, or, you know, the anal genital area, let's kind of make it broader. Um, it's pretty similar in terms of mucous membrane, right. right? It's wet, it's moist, things like to live there. Um, I mean, I guess the one that's different, like I said earlier, would be like anything that's connected to fecal matter, right? right? So like E. coli, salmonella, those, that kind, it's going to be different than, for example, in um, the vagina. Right. Or the penis. Um, certainly HPV, right, mm -hmm. um, can be passed that way um, so that, you know, the low risk can cause things like um, genital warts, which aren't from a medical perspective a really big deal. But from an emotional perspective, the low risk types of HPV can be quite a big deal if sure. people are being treated for anal warts like you know that can be a big deal um, and they can of course then go from like people often think about the mouth to the anus not the opposite way around um, but like that could HPV can be can be contracted in the throat right, right? and yeah. cause um, warts in the throat although it tends to often go you know the other way um, but yeah I mean I think you know think about anything that can grow in a warm dark place mm -hmm these are those places so ideally what we want to do is we want to be using a barrier we know you know people don't use barriers um and like something like hpv um 
for example, there's no definitive test for it. We're waiting for the symptoms to just kind of show up. So we encourage people like use barriers, use lube, talk about what feels good, talk about your past history, talk about, you know, what are you um, willing to accept in terms of risk? Because although, you know, we're like, yeah, like cover things, right? We recognize that for some people that doesn't feel as pleasurable as not covering it. So then if we're going to, if we're going to choose that, how do we mitigate the risk in terms of that? So, you know, getting tested, talking about things. And the big thing is when it comes to like, whether we're talking about like eating ass or we're talking about anything to do with sex, the biggest skill is communication, Mm -hmm. right? Is to find out what feels good and what doesn't. And so looking at body language, using your verbal skills, um, trying to negotiate this ahead of time, like, cause how do you imagine like you know you've just met someone and like ass play is your totally total thing and you're like yeah so I have a cat and I'm also into this like sometimes that's that's can be really hard to bring up and so we try and encourage people to have these conversations about this would feel really good for me this is what I'm into um what do you think because I think negotiating that consent and especially about um practices that haven't been always mainstream on the stage at Burning Man right um which is still like kind of on the margins if you think about it Um, but it's becoming more mainstream like how do you have those conversations like right and so I think it's really about what would feel good for me and if someone's like yeah that's not my thing to not take it personally and be like there must be something wrong with me it's dirty it's shameful like no like that person's just not into that maybe it's not today maybe it'll be next week maybe it's not ever yeah um thank you so much for coming in oh my gosh you're welcome we could talk of all day about a million things i'm sure but um this kind of just like struck our curiosity at this time so but come back sometime oh anytime anytime. yeah Yeah. okay anytime totally and you can always text us we have a texting line yeah so uh 250-812-9374 any kinds of sexual health questions you can text us and we can text you back what we can't do is we can't offer diagnosis obviously via text do not send us pictures um right i know it's just no we don't we don't actually have data on the phone so that helps to limit that um but you know that's always good to have a distance between your genitals and your phone i don't know um anyways and so um but any kinds of like questions that you have about sexuality we can connect people with resources we can always help you know book appointments at the clinic if that's something that you know is helpful for people um yeah because it's it's always nice to know to have someone that you can ask that's not going to get weird right who knows nothing about you so yeah text us we'll text you back a question or we'll text you back an answer and yeah we'll just normalize this whole amazing life-affirming thing called sexuality what's the number uh 250-812-9374 awesome cool thank you thank you so much Today in the afternoon zone, we're going to give you some back-to-school tips that you're definitely not going to be learning in the orientation day today. Studying the back-to-school pictures that parents put online of their children standing in front of their front door for vulnerabilities in terms of home security. How to effectively hide deep-fried goods in your pockets so you can have a snack during math class, like tater tots, as we've seen in Napoleon Dynamite. I could teach you how to do that. Politely declining radio station schmucks trying to hand you boxes of macaroni and cheese. How to turn your locker into a mini-fridge. Good one on weekends. 
I actually had a great long weekend. I was able to get some relaxing in. I spent one of the days just sitting in my bed watching terrible reality TV with my cats. Good for you. I, it, I, oh, man. It's weird when that happens because I feel this like layer of guilt, but I hadn't done that all summer. So it was kind of a nice refresh to just not do anything one of the days. And then I spent most of the time downtown, and it was incredibly busy down there just because, I mean, all the university students getting yeah. in town, wanting to be rowdy one last time before school starts, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then tourists, of course, too. It's yeah. like a long weekend, so it was super packed down there, which is, right. I mean, nice to see. Of course. Yeah. yeah like How about too. you? Um, number one, I want to know what you ate while you were in bed. Because lazy days like that, it's like the hardest know. thing is like, okay, now I'm hungry and I want to eat garbage food. My sweet friend delivered me McDonald's to my bed. <laughs> I had a McChicken and a quarter pounder that I decided to eat all at once. Good girl. And some fries. So thank you for asking. You layered it like you plowed the McChicken into the quarter pounder? Yes. It's delicious. Yes. Did you leave all the bread? All the bread. Two breads on top. One too many breads on top. Yeah. Yeah. Usually I'll take one of the breads out and I cram should've. it into like even a, a double cheeseburger. Yeah. You know what that's called. But like, wow, kid. <laughs> It was good. I'm so impressed. So you went away, though? I went away. I got the F out of town. I was not one of those people downtown enjoying Victoria Labor Day weekend. I yeah. went to the Sunshine Coast. Phenomenal. Here's the tip, everybody. Wake up in the middle of the night. That's how you don't have to wait for ferries. Oh. I breezed on to every single ferry because I was up so early in the morning, which is, you know, is a challenge That's for so me. so nice, though. You get a little sunrise, too. Sure, I guess so. Whatever. Oh, okay. If you get on the very first ferry, sometimes <laughs> it's cheaper, right? I didn't quite make that, but, like, yeah. before even 10 o'clock in the morning, no one's out there. No one wants to get up that early. Yeah. That's... I, I was smooth sailing on the Malahat on the no way back way. from Nanaimo. Smooth on all the sailings. No sailing weights. Zero sailing weights for me. And I take four different ferries this weekend. Oh, that's impressive. That's the trick. No one wants to do it. No one wants to be up early. But that's how you get ahead of life, everybody. Early bird. What a breeze. Oh. This tweet just came out from the Oak Bay Police about 15 minutes ago. They said, we need your help. Hmm. There have been 19... Break and enters since June 1st in Oak Bay. Nine? Nine when the owners were on vacation. Wow. They say for context, we had 18 total in 2018. All year. So just All in a few year. months, there's been a, a whole bunch. Okay. Uh, Sandwich Police has been uh, having some as well. So they're working together. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're saying that, especially in those neighborhoods, call 911 if you see suspicious person or persons in the neighborhood. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, have you, okay, well, I asked you this off the air, um, if you had ever, like, witnessed a break and entry before? Like, at my house? Yeah. Home invasion is my worst nightmare because, okay, what was your story? Okay, well, I had a, I had a friend who, like, constantly had people break into their house. I don't know how, but the, it was just the neighborhood they were in. There was just, like, a lot of people breaking and entering. Nice. And they would just pretend to be asleep. And they would tell me about this tale after. I was like, I have no idea what I would do in that moment. So they just pretend to be asleep. And just stay completely still. Just the, let them take their stuff. The person's there to rob yeah. them. Call the police kind of thing. I don't know what the oh right thing to do God. in that moment is. Because you don't know if they have a weapon. You don't know, you know what they're capable of. So it's like, yeah, really scary. I would be probably like petrified and paralyzed in that same way. Like not mm. be able to move. But I do have... A wooden samurai sword. <laughs> it's a katana, right by right by my bed. And if anyone breaks in my house, guess what? In the middle of the night, you're gonna have a 250 pound naked man with a samurai sword <laughs> coming at you, screaming. Okay, 
Get away from my sandwich. Yeah, back off. Get your own sandwich. I yeah. don't know you. That's my purse. Like all that stuff. <laughs> you don't want that. Don't break into Paul's house, okay? No. <laughs> oh, we just got a uh, message around here at the radio station, a little memorandum yeah. from our like property management company, because I guess there's been some problems with the plumbing in this building. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're, they just came at us, and they were just like, hey, you guys, you can't be flushing this stuff. So the stuff they said we can't flush is like pads and tampons and stuff. But I think that like, you tell me, you do the rag podcast. Yeah. Bleeders know you don't put that stuff in the toilet, right? You're not supposed to. Uh-oh. But, you know. What? Sometimes you do. Don't do that. Sometimes you just do that. Yeah? Yeah. And then it causes problems at work and then there's emails about it. <laughs> oh, Genevieve. <laughs> I was uh, at this cabin on the weekend, and uh, the owner of it was just like, uh, Hey, uh, just tell your dirtbag smoker friends not to put any cigarette butts in the toilet. In the toilet? Yeah, and the daughter was just like, Who's putting cigarette butts in the toilet? What are you talking about? Who does that? Wow. I know. I was like, did you watch a movie about like a seedy punk rock club or something? I'm like... People are putting towards cigarette butts on the toilet. Who Wait. would put a cigarette? Because they're on they're on a septic system, right. obviously. But just in general, no one's putting cigarette butts on the toilet, are they? Weren't you the one who had like a hidden box of wet wipes in the bathroom, I was and then you would to flush that. I was getting all to that. the wet wipes? I That's not flushable that. I was either. To that. that was the other thing that said in the memo: no wet wipes. And yes, it's true. I haven't done that in a long time, but I did have a hidden under the sink console there. <laughs> a package of my favorite brand of wet wipes because I love wet wipes but it's true no matter how much it says flushable on those things no I don't think you're supposed to be flushing them no sorry I'm just getting a whole bunch of text messages right now from plumbers saying don't do that Jenny don't do that Paul so we know we're not supposed to you your feminine napkins me with my wipes clogging <laughs> the city pipes that was a good rhyme Brand new guitar. <laughs> Jenny. We need to do a whole brag about this. Okay, well. You need to know that, you know how, like, you make fun of country music? And, like, and you do that classic thing? Like, what does country music sound like? Uh, uh, my car broke down and it ran away. And my dog died yesterday. You need to know that, like, the top songs in country music are closer to that than ever. Oh, I know. It, like, something's going on right now with country music where it's imploding or I don't know what. Or, like, it's just, like, being its true self or something. Yeah, it's like uh, they, they pick 20 words. Yeah. And then an artist takes them yeah. and puts them in a randomizer. And then they spit it out. And then that's what it is. So, like, some of the top songs right now are like Rednecker Than You. Okay, a guy yeah. bragging about how he's more redneck yeah, yeah. than any boot. Um, Head Over Boots. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell, what's the really good one that is crazy? Anyways, I'll think of it. But I'm gonna, I want to play these songs for you would oh, not believe. Great. Okay, thank you very much, Zoner Paul, who texted in. This was the song I was thinking of, Jenny. This is the country song that's like oh. over the top ridiculous. Listen to this. They're all talking about neon dreams. Yeah. What is that? What are they going to a town for the first time that has a neon sign in it? They're like, wow, golly gosh, waka waka waka. We don't have that out on the farm. What's your, what's your waka waka woo? Beer never I broke my heart. Cold beer breaking my heart. Never okay. broke my heart. Oh, it never did. It would never. Okay. <laughs> 
good. I'm glad we got to the control. bottom of that. Country music is out I, of control. They know that. Okay, anyway, we'll just what? get into this music. Now. What? Would you say? Because we don't they have time. We have to go. We have to get into that. They they know that. They know that it's selling and people think it's funny and it it just. Do you think they're getting irony sales? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Maybe they're all wine drinkers. Maybe they're all liars. Quentin and I were talking a little bit about like how you spice up your macaroni. How do you do? Oh, I do sriracha. Um, and then sometimes it's kind of like whatever I have in my in my cupboard. Mm. I try and put some sort of vegetable in it and maybe oh. some tuna. Oh, nice. Yeah, how about you? Mine is, uh, number one, the box now. These days, Health Conscious calls for skim milk and margarine. Boo! I put extra butter mm -hmm. and heavy cream, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, a little bit of cheese, like real cheese. Shredded in there. Oh, nice. Sprinkled in, melted it. And number three, Mr. Noodles. What? <laughs> yeah, I like making Mr. Noodles. And just put that in there as well. Extra noodles, and you put the sprinkle All in the there. the broth in the there? The sauce, yeah. What? It spices it up. I'm sorry, I don't... Understand. Oh, it's I'll try delicious. It, what? Okay, I will try that. What? I'm so confused. Why would you? <laughs> so it's pasta and noodle soup together? No, you don't make the soup. You just like cook the noodles, right? Yeah. All the noodles together. Yeah. And then when you're making the cheese sauce for the macaroni and cheese, yeah. you also sprinkle in the broth powder. Oh, so you're not like putting all this water in your pasta. No. Oh, I was very concerned, Paul. Okay, well, that's fine. That That's probably great. A lot of salt. That's good. Um, <laughs> hey. I make it like the package instructs, but then I'll set some aside. So then I'll give my I'll give my son Key in a bowl because he loves mac and cheese. I've been known to set some aside, put it in the freezer overnight. What? And then scoop it and put it into an onion ring and then deep fry it. What the <laughs> heck? Are you doing? Oh, man. What the Wait, heck? Yeah. What? And That's then, great. And then sometimes you can take that onion ring with the mac and cheese stuffed inside of it and then put that in a burger. But then that'll give you a heart attack probably. So you have a deep fryer? Do you, do you make a deep fryer? No, 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 no. Just yeah. like in a pan. Just put it in a pan. With yeah. lots of oil. In a pan with lots of oil. And then Where do you get it. an onion ring from? Yeah, what? What? What do you, you mean? You just, you just you an onion it, and then you cut and then it. A large onion and then you cut it. Oh, I thought you meant like a breaded deep fried onion no, ring No, 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 no. You cut it and then you do the breading and stuff yourself. With the macaroni inside of it? Yeah. Wow. It's pretty good. Can you invite me over for dinner? Oh, anytime. Thank you. Anytime. Next, like, pod get-together we do, please. Yeah. yeah. What? Pod Lux. Yeah. That's wow. next level. That is. All okay. right. Okay. Okay, you win. See you tomorrow. <laughs> okay. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye. The city of Victoria is looking for artists right now to design the, the downtown banners that are on those light posts, Cute. like in a winter theme. So they need wintertime downtown banners, and they're looking for designers to come forward. This is a challenge, though, because... Well, okay. T talk about some of the stimulations. Okay. Stipulations. Oh, no. Well, they just said that they want it to be a natural winter in the Pacific Northwest. That's what they're saying. Right. But I'm also thinking about, you know, um, Starbucks in particular, um, when people get, you know, kind of upset about certain colors that are specifically related to Christmas they don't and not winter that. time. Right. So maybe they're probably, I don't know, in my, in my eyes, I think that they're kind of looking for more of a general, universal winter time. And usually... Usually when you want to do that on like whether it's Starbucks cups or whatever, mm -hmm. it's like snowflakes. That's as soon as you said this right. to me, I was like snow, snowflakes, that like white and blue wintry, but it doesn't snow here. Right. So, so what do you do? Like rain. How do you symbolize rain? Like the Overcast little sideways sky. lines? Yeah. Cloudy. We have, we have owls. So maybe an owl. 
I've seen an owl in Victoria, but I don't know if ever in the winter. I don't know when they come about. I was uh, thinking maybe just some like beautiful indigenous art, but I think it's already that right now. But what's unique about winter to that? I don't know. This is uh, this is a challenge. This is what I'm actually it's a challenge. Yeah. So if you want to, I don't take up this challenge. Submissions are due September 11th, and they're going to be announced a little bit later in September. And then if you get chosen, you receive $500 for a design, and then you also have your signature featured at the bottom of each banner. That's it. 500 bucks. That's it. 500 bucks. And then all sign the thing. Yeah, I don't care about it. that. Just <laughs> oh, bring for a thousand dollars. $1, yeah, $1,000, that would have been that's good. That's more fair. Mm-hmm. Here are some uh, great ones we got so far. Um, some Oak Bay deer in mech jackets or couch and sweaters. Oh! Yep. Half-melted, muddy snow person. Yes. A big pile of blundstones at the front door of a house party. <laughs> that was mine, so thank you for oh, laughing at that Thank you for That's laughing. really good. Yeah. On Facebook, people wrote, uh, <laughs> Patrick wrote, Cinnamon Toast Crunch with eggnog on it. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> that must be so. I want to try that. Why haven't I had that before? That is diabetes in a bowl. I can't I'm believe in. that people do that. That's insane. Oh, He's joking. That's a joke. Don't actually do that, anybody. Yeah, no, do it. You don't have to do the full cream one. You can do like a light almond milk eggnog. <laughs> okay. What a flavor combo, though. Yeah, that sounds really good. I like the pumpkin spice latte on the beach. Yeah. That's from Robin. That's a really, really good one. Mike says, just a really cloudy sky forever. (laughs) And melancholy citizen overwhelmed by seasonal (laughs) affective disorder. I like Devin's perpetual rain and darkness. (laughs) I kind of actually like that too. If it was just like gray with clouds or whatever on it, like that's what we got. That's what we're doing here. Stylized clouds. You can make it look pretty. Oh, yeah. Bike lanes and sadness. That one was expected. Yeah. Anyways, good jokes, everybody. Yeah, if good you want to yeah, get it on the phone, it's up on the Zone's Facebook page. That is sweet. I'll look yeah. forward to see what those banners are going to look like. Uh. A vegan woman in Australia is suing her neighbor over their barbecue use because it constantly smells like fish. Wow, what a story, Jen. This is a great reminder to everyone to never cook fish in a workplace especially. Mm-hmm. At home's different, so we'll see what happens with this case. But do not microwave fish at your work. Leave the tuna at home. You knew damn well that when heat is applied to fish, it stays. You are terrible. There's a pretty wild story coming out of Thetis Lake. I guess a hiker and his dog went missing on... Uh on Saturday, or got lost, not missing, um, and decided to call the emergency line, 911, and uh, they were like, okay, you just stay in your spot, ping your location to us, and we'll come find you. Right. And that should have been the end of it, but I guess the hiker just kept on moving around and, like, continued to try and find his way back with his dog, and it ended up pushing this search like way farther and bringing way more people in to try and find the guy when he could have just stayed still and apparently wasn't cooperating. Which is just a reminder to if you are ever lost and you are able to ping your location to someone and they say stay put, just stay put. That's the best thing to do if you're lost in the woods. That, this is wild to me. This, it's one of my worst nightmares. Not the like being lost part. Like that mm-hmm. would be obviously very scary. And if the sun starts to go down and everything, mm-hmm. and you hear a rustle in the woods. Every rustle you hear is oh a my wolf gosh. or a cougar. Terrifying. But the worst part to me, what scares me more is having to make that call. Hello, 
I'm dumb and I'm lost. Can you please come and find me? Yeah, I would yeah. just, I would I really internalize that. At that point, I've thrown myself to the mercy of 911 or whoever. Can you imagine? I, and I feel bad for bothering them. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine now not taking their advice? So that happened, right? And then they had to call search and rescue because they couldn't find him. They ended up finding him. So he went missing um, Saturday night. They ended up finding him 3 a.m. the next day. Sunday. That yeah. sucks for yeah. that guy. I mean, that's brutal. That's I, brutal for I him. feel bad for him, but why didn't you stay put? I know. I cooperate. So just a reminder to everyone, if you are going exploring in the woods, which I mean is always a fun thing to do, especially on Vancouver Island, and you end up getting lost and someone's coming to find you, stay put. Do what they say. <laughs> We just got a really nice uh, text message mm. from a mystery zoner saying that uh, they are a 911 operator in Victoria and you should never feel bad or embarrassed to call 911, especially if you're lost. It's their job to help you. But yeah, listen to your instructions I know. also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. I know that. Like, I, like intellectually, I get, I completely get that. Yeah. Of course, if you're in trouble, like call them. That's what they're there for. It's a self thing. It's yeah. just totally like inside of my brain. I was like, ah, I feel bad now. I have failed. <laughs> yeah. I hate asking anyone for anything. Yeah. I hate it. Aww. Well, thank you for texting that in. That it kind of clears the mind a little bit. Yeah. My dad retired earlier this year, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I talk to him on the phone now, all he talks about is pickleball. pickleball. Have you heard about pickleball? Well, not really. I don't really know what it is, but... Well, neither do I, really. I've heard about it. Like I've right? heard people talk about pickleball and how, like, I've seen it in some news stories and things like that, but I really? don't, I've don't. i never seen it in the flesh. I don't know what it is. It's wild to me. So, so when he talks about it and he talks about him and his like partner, they go and play pickleball all the time, and I'm just like, okay, I just assume it, it sounds like, and there's a lot of politics involved with them because it's oh. like, it's all a bunch of retirees and they're all like, you know, they got nothing to do, so all they talk about is like, which division are you in? I should have been in the better division. Oh. I just like a lot of that. I was Creating like, okay, conflict. great. It's something for old people to keep them busy. Okay, that's inactive. And that's really great. But now I'm seeing like younger people be into pickleball. Well, I think like when I hear about pickleball, I think of like it's something that Jason Lamb in the morning zone would play. (laughs) (laughs) Play squash. It's different. It's got a silly name. (laughs) Well, so I'm learning more about pickleball now that I see that it's like a fun thing for all ages. Mm -hmm. um, And please, owners, text in if you do play pickleball. Here's where the fun, weird name comes from. This is a talk guy talking about it. Pickleball is kind of a strange name because it was developed by the inventors of the game. Pickles was the name of their dog to chase the pickleball all around the court when they invented the game. So they did him an honor and naming pickleball after him. And they- That's why That's it's called cute. Pickleball is named after a dog? It has nothing to do with pickles. Nothing! <laughs> the bo- I kind of... You know, half assume my dad's talking to me about it. I'm like, I guess the ball's shaped like a pickle. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not was really. like, toss a pickle about. Yeah, I guess it's a pickle um, but looking into it, it's like kind of a cross between tennis and table tennis. So they use paddles. Yeah. Like ping pong. Ping pong. Like table tennis, but they're on a court that's kind of closer together and a wiffle ball, yeah. right? Yeah. And they kind of play as if they are standing on the table, but they're in a real tennis court. Yeah, and like yeah. a bit of a wiffle ball situation. <laughs> yes, yeah, instead of a, a tennis ball, which is made out of rubber. It's and so interesting. It goes far. I'm kind of 
dive into it. And there is a Vancouver Island Pickleball Association, and there are like drop-ins and schedules yeah. for uh, the Greater Victoria area. So if you do want a, a new sport, it's great for all ages. Okay, one question. What? I see this is like, I don't want to play tennis. That's like a lot of activity for me, so I need something. But badminton exists. I love badminton. Me too. Why do we need something that's so close to badminton? Well, because table tennis is fun, but it's not as active, you know? So we need to split the difference again? Like, between tennis and ping pong, there's badminton, and then we need to split the difference between badminton and ping pong? It doesn't... You don't need to get upset about it. You're never going to play it. You don't play a sport. No, I want to. I'm going to. You are? Yeah, I want to. I will. With a different <laughs> paddle. I get it. All right. We, you and I should play some badminton. That'd be fun. Okay. Andrea says that if you like badminton, this is more fun. I, I want to know why. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I just think about me playing tennis and how bad I am at tennis and how I just want to be able to play badminton or something, or table tennis even. Yeah. So I think I would uh, like it because it's kind of for bad tennis players. It sounds like from the other messages we're getting, it's like, oh, I hate running around at tennis because <laughs> yeah. I'm bad at it. Yeah. This is better. It's like, that's what it sounds that like. That sounds like, great If you're me, not good at tennis. You can actually enjoy it. Yeah. It's great. So, as I was driving back down the Malahat this long weekend, I heard some terrible news mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, this crow over in Vancouver that's like a, a celebrity crow now? Yeah, Canuck. Canuck the crow. I forgot all about this, but he became famous originally because he stole a knife from a crime scene. <laughs> was it a crime scene? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I didn't realize it was a crime scene. I thought he just had a knife and was in a photo. There was a knife. It was a piece of evidence. I don't know what exactly, if it was involved in a stabbing or what, but it was a crime scene knife, and this crow came and took it. And there's this real, like, gangsta-looking photo of Canuck holding the knife, Um, because, I mean, crows love shiny things. They love to collect shiny things. But he's also incredibly good with people. Mm. Like, he's really social and um, is owned by someone in uh, Vancouver. So he has a home base and has a little partner. As much as you can own a crow. Yeah. I mean, I had a neighbor that had a crow Did, back okay. in the day in North Van. I mean, Tell it's this. like a Vancouver thing. How? Um, so they had a, a cage in their backyard because this crow just kept on coming into their yard. And then finally they're like, I think this crow wants to live here. So they made it a little cage and it would come home every single day. And we got to go over there and hang out with it. And it was incredibly smart. It was a really cool thing. No. You just are denying that altogether. No, it just that wasn't their pet. There was, look, I had a birdhouse in my backyard, and birds would come and like make their nest, and then have babies there. I didn't own those baby. I didn't own the birds. But it would like That's go on bir- go on your finger and like climb the on your would. shoulder. Yeah, still, yeah. it's a wild animal. Okay, whatever. Well, this crow <laughs> is federally protected. Uh, Canuck the crow is a federally protected wild bird. Okay. Um, so it has like an orange band and also like this metal band on its uh, its like little talons. Um, so yeah, it's missing. And there's a $10,000 reward for the person who brings it back. I don't know where this $10,000 came from. Is that part of the government? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but hopefully the bird is safe and sound. Well, because there's like, when you look on the Facebook page of the Canuck the crow, it's like Canuck and I, mm-hmm. the guy who like... Uh, proclaims ownership over Canuck or whatever, he really, you know, seems to think that maybe someone stole the bird. Because it hasn't been around in a few days, right? Yeah. Since the weekend before the weekend. He thinks that someone stole it. I, and I, listen to me, I hope that I've never been more wrong in my entire life. Yeah. 
I think we are never going to hear from Canuck again. I don't think someone nefariously kidnapped this bird. I think it's a wild bird, animal. Mm -hmm. Things happen. It's somewhere. And now it's not coming home. Good night. Do you know what I mean? A little strange, though. Maybe someone did steal it and was waiting for that 10000 reward because they Jenny, knew there was going to be a reward. I don't know. What's more realistic thing to have happened? The bird lived its life and somewhere came yeah. to an end? Or that someone stole the bird hoping for a reward scam? I don't know, but I'm invested in this story. Mm. <laughs> okay, let's Can you get play out your part? Can you just play your part? We're laughing right now because earlier today in the show... <laughs> Jenny was like placating me at best uh, with some dumb thing I was saying, and I, this is play it, play it. It's, this is what she sounded like. We've just been killing ourselves all day about it. I've heard it's really good. <laughs> like <laughs> fakest laugh ever. Yeah, because you okay. We were talking about the Civic, and I was like, yeah. I mean, like you take it all the time. Whatever, whatever. That's fine. I've, I haven't actually driven it, but I've heard it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Really good. Really good. So I'm making a really cool edit of it right now. It's been fun. We'll put it in the podcast. That's really great. Okay, um, something, um, some news you could use. There's a barren area. So get really ready for a big, bubbling, spicy, hot pot of barren area sauce. Barren area sauce. Sandwich police say they've received several bear sightings reports in the West Sandwich Road, Spartan Road area over the past 24 hours. People are reminded to be bear aware. Keep your animals on a leash. Maybe that bear should be on a leash. Just kidding. Okay. Bears don't go on leashes. No, they do not. Don't even try. Right? I've heard it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jen, you know what? I'm going to go home tonight and... Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm going to watch that new Dark Crystal series on Netflix. Oh, I've heard it's really good. <laughs> uh-huh. And then, you know what I'm going to do is take a bunch of coconut oil and just, like, squish it between my toes. I've heard it's really good. <laughs> yeah, and then if it does not slip right enough, I put some Vaseline in there as well. I've heard it's really good. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Okay, cool. Cool. That's what I'm going to do tonight. Cool. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I've heard it's really good. <laughs> I've heard it's really good. I've heard it's really good. <laughs> what was that pun you wanted to start off this story with? I uh, love. I want to hear you drone on about something. <laughs> it's a story about drones. I should have been nice. It's a story about drones. It's a story about drones. Here we go. Um, This is actually pretty cool. So there is, uh, we've heard a lot about, sorry, that always distracts me so much when you have uh, your spicy water open. Um, But we've heard about drones doing deliveries for like Amazon and things like that. And now here on the island, uh, they are using drones to to deliver prescription drugs to remote areas. So uh, places like Salt Spring. Um, which Salt Spring isn't super remote, but it was one that would worked with their trial. So they're going to be making this a thing. This was the first trial run. That's fantastic. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's really cool. So we're going to be seeing that a lot more. Um, I, I've i been changing my mind slowly about drones. <laughs> At first, I was like, why do we need drones? This is so weird. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when it comes to things like this, this is a very useful way in order to use them. So I'm all for it. Do you know what I'm concerned about? What I'm is that? i right now. Okay. You start putting prescription drugs in these things. You start putting valuables, mm-hmm. you know, uh, paper towels and so on from Amazon, whatever it might be. Right. Drone poachers. Yeah, drone thieves taking out like their bows and arrows or something and trying to shoot them down. Are you are you being are you being jokey right now? No, I'm serious. serious. I think that actually serious. could happen. How would you take it down? Like with yeah, projectiles like that or like slingshots. Nets, slingshots. Mm. Get up on a roof. I can picture these guys right, like with their safari hats, other and drones, their binoculars, other drones. Yeah, train birds. <laughs> Hawks. Hawks will be out there like this. The falconer is out there poaching from drones. I would hope not. But I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Where there's a will, there's a way for pirates to squeak out a lemon for sure. The Saturday 91 is live on location. And you know what happens too is if uh, people start being drone poachers, you're going to have to hire people to catch those people, like maybe the drone ranger. No. Excuse me. Hello. Do is the remote. No jokes. <laughs> oh, Enough. Sorry. Yeah, Shut yours looks so much better. Okay. Wow. Wow. Just get it in from both go. sides. Tell us about okay, that. Hey. Get her going. Okay. Wow. Sorry. Uh, so it turns out some slime kits for kids have been recalled due to high boric acid content, which can be very dangerous for children and even deadly at times. Yeah, but you know they're just going to market a new type of slime. Extreme slime! Now with high boric acid content! <laughs> Nuclear slime! Get it now! <laughs> Lick this and it will kill you! not a joke. This is actually serious. Yeah, don't lick it. Ah, oh, good afternoon. Ah! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you there. Yeah, you awake. <laughs> Paul, you sent me something very interesting today. Yes, there's a group here in British Columbia that is calling for an end to religious prayers at the provincial legislature to start each day. The BC Humanist Association, a group of representative of atheists, agnostics, and non-religious individuals across the province, mm-hmm. trying to get this out of the legislature. Did you even know that they said a prayer at the beginning of the day every day? I'm, I'm so surprised. I had no idea that's what they did every day. Like, is it over the loudspeaker? Kind of like <laughs> announcements in high school? That's what I had to do. We Because I went to a Catholic school. Oh, we had prayers over the loudspeaker every morning. Really? You had prayers? Every, oh, oh, I yes. guess that makes sense. Every Catholic morning, school, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But wow. I, but like, even as, a, as not one of these like atheists or whatever no. people, I'm just like, we're saying prayers? Yeah. That seems like a weird thing. Well, this is like a public sort of establishment, right? Like they're dealing with the general public and to put religion in it seems a little bit wild to me. You're supposed to have religious neutrality and that's yeah. not this. As the Superintendent Chalmers once said, God has no place within these walls. <laughs> Simpsons joke. Yep, of course. Check mark for the day. Thank you. <laughs> um, but you thought of some good things we could replace the well, bars with. Yeah. Because it's maybe a nice little ceremonial thing, but let's make it more neutral, right? Well, I think, like, I mean, the first one, very basic. Maybe it's just, like, sit in silence and think about what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. I was also thinking like I've been listening to a lot of Lizzo lately yes. and I do that every morning and like maybe just one of her inspirational messages like yes. this, for example. Yes. I want you to go home tonight and look in the mirror and say, I love you. You are beautiful and you can do anything. 
I really want you to say that because I believe we can save the world if we save ourselves first. Right? Yeah, I think a lot of positive change would come out of that. Absolutely. Or if you want to be like more, you know, quiet and maybe like introspective about it, um, maybe something like uh, Ying Yang Twins like this. So when was the last time you were over at the Science World on the mainlands? Oh, probably since uh, I was in high school. Is yeah. that right? I think so, yeah. How um, about you? I went just last Christmas with my nephew. They were doing the like uh, Pixar exhibit, which I had a lot of fun at. Oh, cool. I went Mary when they were doing that Body Works one where you could see all oh, yeah. the muscles and all the different systems in the body. That one was wild. Yeah. That was really cool. I can see that being very cool. Yeah. They're bringing an exhibit uh, pretty soon to Science World, and it's cats and dogs. Yes! Well... Yeah, that was my first initial reaction to being like, yes, I love cats and dogs. And then I was like, what kind of a lazy ass low rent <laughs> exhibit is it about cats and dogs? Everyone's got a cat and dog. Everyone's house is an exhibit about cats and dogs. Don't Who you want to learn about that? Would you get a bunch of stray cats off the street and put them in there? Look, pet the cat, everyone. It's not a petting zoo. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't it? They don't even have cats or dogs in their cats and dogs exhibit. The I'm- most plentiful animal that everyone knows all about. I mean, so <laughs> what? Cats and dogs. I mean, I I would want like at least one little puppy pen in there to like actually see the dogs in action, see science in action. But you know, um, that's not going to be the case. I don't think. I think it's just going to be like, no, yeah, you get to learn about your favorite friends, your cats and your dogs. So, what are you so confused about still about cats and dogs that you don't know? Well, here's some facts. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, small dogs are not the most vicious dogs. I know a lot of people say, oh, chihuahuas. They're the most vicious dog. They're not. Stop. You're um, just they're reading also, off of the thing. I am. I, I know. Unfortunately. I know. Cat, cats don't always land on their feet. What a great thing to know. So don't no, go throwing no your cat. No guff. Everyone knows that. It's an old wives tale. Cats fall all the time and don't land on their feet. Cats and dogs can get along with one another. That's the one that I read and I was like, this is a baloney exhibit. They wanted to get an Egypt one and they couldn't afford it. And they was like, uh, I don't know, cats and dogs. We'll put some pictures on the wall, maybe some fun facts. Yeah, everyone take a picture of your cat when you go home tonight and just print it out real big. What an exhibit. Come on, what kind of exhibit is this? So, obviously, Hurricane Dorian is, like, biggest news going on right now, and um, it's, like, an unfortunate thing. It's a Mm -hmm. big, bad hurricane. It's bad. Um, But I'm reading this very interesting story right now. There's a bunch of horses that um, frolic, they say, on the beach in North Carolina's Outer Banks. Beach horses? They're beach horses. Yeah, and there's, like, these people who um, take care of them or kind of, like, look after them a little bit, I guess, Mm -hmm. but who don't, like, don't house them or anything like that. and, you know, under evacuation order, these horses will not be evacuated because they know how to take care of themselves in a hurricane situation. This is so interesting. So if they were evacuated, they probably have, like, less of a chance of, like, surviving yeah. if they put it into human hands. Um, but instead, they have this, like, really cool method of, like, keeping safe, which maybe we should take some tips on. I don't know. If it works for horses? Maybe. So here's what they do. They So horses, like, you know, you've heard those stories about cats and dogs who, like, can sense the 
the air pressure change in that. Yes. They know something's coming, a storm or whatever. Yeah. So they do that as well, these horses, and then they will move to higher ground right. and gather under sturdy oak trees. So they have these little huddles, and they say that they have them in huddles, and it's like butts to the wind is what they describe it <laughs> as. And uh, yeah, they they usually survive by doing that, which is incredible. Yeah, they say that these horses have been doing this, or this horde of horses uh, have been doing it for 500 years. So, wow. yeah, again, like maybe in any kind of a emergency situation like this, you don't just want to huddle together with a bunch of people no, and under a tree. It's probably a better place. If they're telling you to evacuate, you should evacuate. But that could be the phrase, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, everyone, time to evacuate. Do what the horses do. Put your butts to the wind. Butts to the wind, everybody. <laughs> Can I tell you the goat story? Yeah, yeah. we had like a lightning storm up in, what was it, uh, Shawnigan area? Cowichan. Cowichan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard a story today that up in Kamloops, they just had one of their most... Craziest lightning storms of all time. 200 lightning strikes. Whew. Yeah, in like a few hours. And, uh, the, and, and, you know, I love lightning and thunderstorms for sure, but this really unfortunate thing happens where the most beloved goat mm-hmm. in Kamloops at this farm, or this like goat sanctuary, or I don't know what it was. Anyways, the goat got struck by lightning and died. Ah, what was his name? Gustav. <laughs> Gustav the goat. <laughs> Yeah, he's like a, a rescue moment. goat. Can we have a moment of silence yeah. for him? There's one for Gustav. That's nice. That's nice. Aw, Gustav. Wow, what a way to go. Pour one out for Gustav. Don't pour it on this keyboard. Sorry, right? <laughs> All this expensive gear. Anyways, um, what are we talking about? The weather? I think so, yeah. We don't have any lightning strikes in our future here, but... No. So it's story you smells like poop. <laughs> That's right, I guess. We're reading the story right now that all the town of Asoyus in the Okanagan there reeks like poops because I guess uh, they've got more people than they know what to do with, like population-wise, yeah. and then just in the summertime. It's a quaint, cute uh, tourism place. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about going through Asoyus on my little road trip there through the Rockies. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm glad I didn't because apparently... 120 residents have signed a petition asking council to do something about the disgusting smell of sewage in the town. Well, the thing is, is that their sewage system isn't really prepared for having this big of a population there in the summer. So, Hey, no problem. Your town smells like poo. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no one's going to visit there no anymore. Gonna anymore. Yeah, let's get the word out. <laughs> Don't visit a soyuz because it smells like ass. Um, what's funny to me is, though, so 120 residents have yeah. signed that petition, right? Mm-hmm. I looked up the population of a Soyuz, 5,000 people. That's it? It should be 5,000 signatures on this petition. Where are the rest of the people who live in this town that smells like disgusting sewage? Yeah. That's not writing their town council and being like, please do something about the poo smell. I just didn't realize there was only 5,000 people who lived there. Interesting. But yeah, yeah, you're right. You know where else kind of smelled when I was living there was Prince George. They have the pulp mill there, and there was yeah. just like this overwhelming smell of fart as you walked into the city center there. I uh, lived very briefly in a town called Brooks in Alberta. Mm-hmm. It reeked at, like, uh, well, I don't know what it reeked like, but there was a slaughterhouse oh, for uh, no. grade A premium Alberta beef. Uh, and guess what? Alberta beef makes a smell when you kill it, so oh, stink a oh, the whole no. town smelled like that. Listen, Jenny. But would you make a petition over that? 
Well, I guess you can't. I don't know. What do you do? Petition the slaughterhouse to just like mm. beef proof the walls? <laughs> I don't know. I think you just need to what you need to do is count your lucky blessings every single day. Oh, yeah. That you live in a town that smells like crisp, fresh ocean air. Maybe sometimes a little fishy. A little fishy, but man, is it ever fresh over here. Yeah. Oh, we're lucky. So many towns stink. (laughs) Thanks for joining the PJ Party. For more from Paul and Jenny, get them live 2 to 6 weekday afternoons on The Zone at 91.3. Or around the world via the Internet's tubes at thezone.fm. Do them a solid and leave a review wherever you get this podcast. And tell your friends about it. Paul and Jenny are both on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So get in touch. Thanks for joining the PJ Party.